Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. Okay, so welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork, and I am very delighted to say that I have been joined by none other than Karen Ford, who played Miss Ginny Booth, the art teacher in Grange Hill. Karen, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, what we'll do, Karen, is we'll start the way we start every episode, and we'll just go back, and if you can just tell us how you got into acting. Oh, it's a very long time again. <laughs> uh, yeah, frightening me. Um, I... Uh, for complicated reasons, I ended up in a boarding school right. uh, in my teens. Um, and uh, I did a lot of ballet, um, which I loved, but I was very late to coming into ba- doing ballet. Um, but then I discovered a lot of part of ballet was doing mime. Right. And that's something I really um, started to enjoy and, and really loved. And I suppose also um, doing GCEs, which is what they were called in those days. Um, and we would, of course, do Shakespeare in English literature. Um, whenever we were asked who would like to read, I, my hand would always shoot right. up. I just adored reading Shakespeare. Uh, so it, it was sort of there. And um, I mean, I had the advantage that my eldest sister had already gone into the theatre and had gone to drama school. Um, so it wasn't such a, a big sort of step in a way. And uh, so when I got to uh, 17, I auditioned for uh, Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Uh-huh. And I can still visualise the auditions even now. Um, and was accepted and did a two-year course, um, which is what they were in those days. Uh-huh. At the end of my first year, I did a summer season up in Scotland, Civic right. Theatre, um, which taught me a lot. <laughs> yeah. And went back and did my second year. And, um, and then uh, towards the end of our second year, um, the Ivanana Theatre in Guildford was just about to open and they wanted um, uh, just a few very young actors to sort of form like form a core company who would sort of place the small parts and understudy and things like that. Uh-huh. And um, and they selected three of us from um, my drama school. And, uh, and that's where I really began my first job. And I, um, I was extraordinarily lucky that uh, the second play I was doing, I played a small part in The Vortex which is played by Noel Coward, and uh, and I was understudying the sort of the young juvenile lead, I suppose we would, would have called it in those days. And um, at the uh, end of the first week of the run, she went down with jaundice, and so I took over at a very short notice. And um, I mean, it was a very starry cast. I know people watching this wouldn't know the names at all anymore. Um, but uh, it was really quite something to sort of uh, suddenly being played this, you know, really rather substantial part. Yeah. Uh, getting out of drama school for a few months. 
uh, and sort of went on from there, really. Um, the last show I did there um, went into the West End. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, and so, and so I went on. Brilliant. Mainly theatre for the first two or three years. Yeah. First television part, I was um, just trying to think how old I'm. Um, 21, 22, uh-huh. and, uh, um, oh, goodness me, I've forgotten the name of the programme now, um, Vendetta. Ah, right, okay. And uh, it was BBC. I nearly only worked for BBC for quite a long time, uh-huh. uh, to start with, um, and, uh, yeah, I remember doing that very well, but uh, Paul Capriano was the director. Right. Um, yeah. mm. Okay. So you've mentioned there that Vendetta was your first television uh, performance. So what other television programs did you do before Grange Hill? Um, well, I suppose the most re- relevant one, in a way, I did uh, an episode of Angels. All right. Yeah. Um, and and the producer of that, or the director of that. Was Ben Ree, who was the the um, producer of Grange Hill. Right. Uh, I did a couple of things for Ben. Um, I did that. I did. Uh, I think he, he directed Softly, Softly. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I did uh, a sort of drama documentary called Hijacked to Mogadishu. Right. Which I directed, which was um, a reenactment of an actual hijacking. Right. Um, which was amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I suppose, I mean, it's through then because I'd worked with Ben two or three times. Uh, and then he just rang me up one day and said, um, how did I fancy being the art teacher in Grange Hill? <laughs> right. okay. So I didn't audition for it. I, I was just asked to do it. Which, oh, brilliant. Uh, um, just going back there, you've just mentioned Softly Softly. Um, were you in Z Cars as well? I did do an episode of Z Cars, right. yeah. Yeah, uh, I can't remember a great deal about it. <laughs> no, because oh, I'm just—I just think it's you know obviously uh, the two of them were related, weren't they? Um, yeah. Um, and yeah. I just—I just think it's nice that you were—you you weren't one of the main sorts of characters, but you were—you were in both both programs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I just think that's nice. So you you were offered the part of Ginny Booth in in Grange Hill and you started that well i mean it was it was on telly in 85 um, where your your episodes so you would have been filming right. 84 so were yeah. you were you, were you aware of Grange Hill at the time oh yes right. yes but he was uh-huh. I mean, it was um I think probably the most successful children's series there'd ever been and uh um and anybody who had children their children watched Grange Hill and and it was very much at that time I think teachers would actually say well I better watch it so that <laughs> kids are going to be talking about or going to be up to yeah um oh yeah no it was it was a, a big thing yeah big so what so what was it like joining the show then it was great I mean it was um when we when I first started um we used to have uh, two weeks rehearsal to do four episodes, I think it was. Uh-huh. And that doesn't happen anymore. We have what we call rehearse record. Right. Uh, and so nobody has uh, that rehearsal period. 
which is a great shame because um, uh, with all the television work I'd done up until then, had that rehearsal period. And it meant that you, you got to know the entire cast and um, you actually had an opportunity to really develop the characters and all of that. Um, whereas now, I suppose it's a, it's a little bit more sort of almost instant acting, I suppose. Right. Uh, I mean, you'll get called for your scenes and you can you can be playing quite a major character and only meet one or two other people. Right. In the, um, yeah. Just It's a shame, really. And it's also quite pressured. It's, um, there's a lot more pressure on you, I think. Uh-huh. But in those days, we'd have these wonderful two weeks and the kids were amazing. They really were. They were long days when we were rehearsing out at Elstree. Uh, well, of course, originally when um, the first series I did, we were still in White City. Right. Um, and, uh, but then we went moved to Elstree for the second series. Uh-huh. Um, and those kids, they would be um, rehearsing much of the day and they always had to have chaperones and they would be doing lessons yeah. in between times. I mean, it was a hard time for them, really. Um, it was all very well for us. We'd do our scenes and then sit around chatting or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they had to be um, ushered into, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Yeah. So I thought it was, um, it was quite heavy going on them. Yeah. Um, but there was a great atmosphere, and um, I suppose in many, I mean, obviously, inevitably, I think, perhaps, um, the, well, the focus was on the children, of course, uh-huh. it, was. it had to be, it was a kid's series. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was great, everybody got on really well, and um, it was a great buzz, and yeah. it was a great sense of belonging, really, yeah. I- about that. Um, You've just mentioned there about the focus being on the kids, but but to be fair, when you joined, the, the teachers kind of went from being on the periphery to actually there was a lot more focus on the teachers. You know, there was a lot more staff room scenes, and there was a a lot more to do with storylines, to do with like you no know, like right. the, the teachers' families and things. So up, up until that point, I I think with with the like the early days, the likes of Tucker and uh, and characters yeah. like that. The teachers were just sort of other people in the scenes. There was there wasn't really anything to do with, with, with the teachers. But see, when the, the likes of yourself joined the castle, Miss Booth was very sort of, you know, she was your stereotypical art teacher in the way she dressed and, and things like that. <laughs> and she was she was very sort of, you know, she was a really kind teacher and a really nice teacher. But she was really quite feisty as well. Like, she would stick up for herself, wouldn't she? You know, And she wasn't afraid to challenge authority with the senior teachers. And uh, I, I, I always liked that about her, uh, like... Yeah. Were you anything like that yourself? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so got myself into trouble a couple of times. For sort of opening my mouth when I probably did have done. But, uh, but there you go. But... Uh, but I mean, it was a. It, she was a lovely character to play. Yeah, because I, because of that, because she was very much on the side of the kids and yeah. not on the side of authority. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and of course, the second series I did, uh, which was obviously Zamo's storyline, uh-huh. the Just Say No series. Yeah. I mean, it was tremendous, uh, and because that was uh, Anthony Minghella, our yeah. script editor. Um, that was his last series. Right. And um, 
and I, 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 I think he was quite passionate about that series. I mean, the, uh, obviously all the themes, uh, I mean, the drugs, but there's also the smoking. And that was quite funny because um, the first series I did, series eight, yeah. I hate to say, but I was a smoker. Right. And um, during the gap between the two series, I decided that uh, I really wanted to give up. Uh -huh. um, I just thought, I mean, for various reasons, things had happened and I just thought yeah. this is crazy. What am I doing? Putting these things in my mouth and that, you know, stand over a bonfire and suck up the smoke. No, you wouldn't. So why? <laughs> my mind. So, uh, so I gave up smoking right. in between the two series. And then the script arrived for series nine. And the first thing I read, Miss Boo smoking. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was, of course, it was, that was the other storyline with um, uh, Jonathan. Uh -huh. that, um, he was a smoker and I was a smoker. And, uh, and, and I liked that relationship that, um, that I was allowed to have with the kids, which is really sort of quite different. different. Yeah rather than teacher and pupil yeah definitely. yeah uh, i mean and that was a great series you've just mentioned there about about jonathan uh, who played danny kendall and yeah. danny kendall was a cracking cracking character yeah because jonathan was so good wasn't he he was he was he was, he, he was so good and that became quite a big storyline between yourself and and, and yeah. Danny and there was a lot of scenes uh, with Miss Booth and, and, and Danny and people always talk about the chemistry that he had with Michael Sheard mm. but the chemistry you had with him for me was just as good because it was totally different yeah it was a totally different relationship Although he sometimes treats you the same way, <laughs> he he sometimes treated Miss Booth the way he would treat Mister Bonson, where he just snappy, just have a go. But the chemistry between the two of you was was really good. I I thought, and did I mean you you've, you've said there you had uh, two weeks to rehearse for four episodes, and I suppose in that time, not only do you get to develop your characters, you get to develop. Those sorts of relationships, don't you? And, and oh, absolutely, absolutely. And develop scenes yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I, and with nearly all the kids, I remember getting on incredibly well with them uh -huh. all, and, and very much on a par. It, it was um, in the rehearsal room, in the studio. It wasn't, you know, where the grown-ups, you're the children, uh -huh. uh, and, and particularly, I think. Um, uh, because a lot of them who started at the same time as me and watching them develop, yeah. And, uh, we went through, I mean, I did seven years of it, and uh, by the time they got to the sixth and seventh year, and, and seeing these really, really good young actors, and I was I was very proud of them, I, I thought they were amazing kids. Yeah. Well, they're not, they're not kids now, <laughs> we're all parents with their kids grown up. I mean, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Though there was something I just wanted to ask you. It was just in the series before, just saying, oh, so it was going back to your first series. There was the French Exchange. And I learned in the last episode from Erkin that your nephew was in that. Dorian Ford. That's yeah. right. Yeah. He was. He was playing a French student. Yeah. I, what was that? Uh, what, yeah. what, what was it like working with him? I didn't, I uh, I don't think I had very much. God, it's terrible. I can't. No, remember. There was there was one scene 
There was one scene. Was it was the scene where he was he was being sent back to France because he'd caused a car crash, and you were escorting oh, him back. Nice. Um, nice. And I and I I often wonder if they just wrote that in just for the two of you just to appear on screen <laughs> <laughs> together. I never thought about that. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. No, he of course is uh, quite a successful jazz pianist now. Yeah. He's uh yeah he's got a very good career. Brilliant, brilliant. Highbrow jazz. Mm. Yeah. Now uh, we go back to the just say no. So were you always fully aware of all sorts of like the the storylines going on with with just the children? Oh yes. Right. Oh absolutely. Yeah. And, and did did you think it would be as big as it turned out to be? I thought it was incredibly important. Right. I did. Uh, and I think the choice of character was Zamo, who was so popular. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, gosh, yes. I think, um, I mean, for me, I think that series will always be the most important series Grange will ever do. And um, because the whole thing was about addiction, obviously, not just uh, drugs, but uh, I mean, all that stuff I had with uh, Jonathan, with Danny. Um but uh, uh, I mean, on a personal level, I mean, I had some amazing scenes um, that I had with um, did with Zamo. Um, but we were all very aware that for these kids who were the peers of the children watching the series, to see this actually tackled head on yeah. um, was incredibly important, I think. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, you know, if it just saved one child, from getting into drugs, it was so worth it. Yeah. And I hope it did. I hope. Yeah. And did than... you have to do much research for that yourself? Because I know you were involved sort of towards the end when Miss Booth goes to see Zamo in, in, yeah. in rehab. Did you have to do a- any kind of research for that? Or was not, it just not, the case not particularly. I mean, right. I think, you know, we were sort of given really all the information that we needed and, uh, and a lot of it was in the script. And there was a... The whole atmosphere, I think, of that series was really quite different, I think, to any of the yeah. others. But um, everybody felt this really is monumentally important. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, the kids did, did, the directors, the writers, obviously. Um, and because uh, and Anthony Mingello was around a lot. Um, and uh, oh, yeah, no, we were all very aware. Of um, of uh, all all the dynamics of the whole series. And did you have any idea that Anthony Mangella would go on to have the career that he has? I wasn't at all surprised. <laughs> right. <laughs> because well, Anthony had written quite a few um, stage plays, uh-huh. um, and I was quite aware, in a way, that. Um, it's quite difficult for uh, writers or directors um, to su- survive and keep going um, when they've got, you know, something that they really want to do. And of course, Anthony was was a brilliant writer. Um, so a lot of his plays uh, went out um, small scale touring and uh, I saw quite a lot of them. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I knew, you know, that he was a hugely talented man. And, um, and of course, um, uh, I think it was, um, uh, was it the first year we were out at Elstree? 
Um, I think it was after he after that series, that right. series um, line, and because I met my husband out at Elstree, who was a writer oh. on this. And um, one of our first dates was going to see one of Anthony's plays in the West End, a play called Made in Bangkok, right. um, which is a brilliant play. So I, I think we all knew that Anthony was um, heading for, you know, heady heights. Right. Okay. So that he died so young. Yeah, it is definitely there. Was there anyone that you really enjoyed working with on the show? Oh, God. That's... Uh, um, you know, if you thought like you, if you knew you had scenes coming up with, with someone or anything like that. Uh, I think nearly. I, I it's it's quite difficult because I think you always sort of look at it, um, sort of fairly subjectively. You know, yeah. is it a good scene for me? Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's, it's sort of quite hard to, um, but. Uh, so, I mean, series nine, I mean, we, I had some very meaty scenes to do. And of course, most of those really were with Zamo or Danny. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I loved working with them, but but no, all of them. And oh, God. And, and then this is because now I can't remember all their names, which is dreadful. Um, uh, but, know, like I always say, I, I know how long ago it was i won't i won't say exactly how long but i know how long ago it was so i have struggled to re- i i struggle to remember what i was doing yesterday sometimes so <laughs> don't, don't worry about it okay um, we'll we'll just move on then um so from that next the next series then which was series 10 1987 and again uh, a lot of your scenes were with jonathan yeah. And there's a great scene, I think, where Miss Booth takes Danny to a community centre and he can paint a mural on the wall for it. And he go and, and he gives all these ideas. And then in true Danny Kendall fashion, he just turns around and goes, I'm not doing it. He, he, suggests, <laughs> he suggests painting it like to make it look like White Hart Lane, but then just turns around, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. Stop trying to get me involved in your projects and things like that. Nice. And then, like I say, Jonathan played that part really well. Danny was like the, the kind of anti-hero, I suppose. And he, did, he said and did a lot of things that a lot of kids wanted to do, but, but couldn't. There's quite a touching scene where you find out um, why kind of he's the way he is it turns out that he had a, he, there was a twin he was born a twin but the other one yeah, had yeah, died yeah. And, and, and he blamed himself yeah, for it and yeah. then you then you start thinking okay you, maybe I, maybe I can see why he's, he's the yeah. way he is a lot of the yeah. time and then he starts becoming ill and then and, and again a lot of, lot of the teachers are going is it drugs again and which we turn out it turns out it wasn't and he, he was ill um, and that, it takes a much darker turn in the next series. But mm-hmm. in series 10, there was the barge trip. Now, yeah. the, the barge trip is a, is a favourite amongst, um, amongst uh, Grange Hill fans. Yeah. A massive, massively <laughs> fa- favourite a couple of episodes there. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you as an adult on, on, on that one? Brilliant. Brilliant. I think we had such fun because we filmed on the Isle of Wight uh-huh. uh, and we also filmed on the Grand Union Canal outside Coventry and uh, and there were narrowboats and um, and it was great. I actually got to drive a narrowboat. 
difficult to steer because it's the exact opposite to the way you think it's going to happen. <laughs> I just thought, and ever since then, I thought I'd really love to have a holiday on a narrowboat, and I still yeah. have on it. <laughs> the, the pace of life, everything was so slow. And oh, we had a wonderful time. And I remember uh, down in the Isle of Wight, we had amazing weather, sort of like yeah. it is. Um, and it, it was like being on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> It was fantastic. It I mean, I, su- I suppose, I suppose as well, you're not in the confines of the studio as well, so that makes it different. That's what the people who, who've been on have, have said. You know, being on location was great. I work in a primary school. I love going on the residential trips because, again, we're not confined to the schools, and I think it's that yeah. sort of it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Kids always loved going on on residential trips because yeah. you're not confined to the school and also in that series we see a, a, another child that miss booth has to comfort and and, and give her a shoulder to cry on with uh, faye lucas um, and yeah. when she's selling the jewelry and, and mr king turns up oh, she was amazing that girl Alison, she, yeah so good so good she really was uh, sometimes it was miss booth at you know putting herself in that position to, to be the one to comfort the kids. But quite often, because of the way she was, the kids would go looking for Miss Booth as well. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I just think that's that's a nice character to have. And, and I do think she's the, the type of teacher the kids wanted to have. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. De- definitely. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Oh, no, no, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed playing her. I think it, it, was, uh, it was a gift. Really, because as you say, she was always on the side of the kids yeah. and felt comfortable being able to talk to her. And yeah, I remember, um, was it with Faye? I don't, can't remember. I remember a scene sitting on steps. That's talking. with Faye, yeah. Yeah. That's with, with Faye. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a real privilege actually to be able to have those sort of scenes and conversations. Yeah. Brilliant. Kids. Brilliant. Okay. I am now moving on to series 11. When the likes of Zamo and Faye and, and, and kids like that had left. But there was a, a, a new bunch of kids came in. So the likes of Tegs Ratcliffe, played by Sean Maguire, came in. And Justine oh, Dean, yeah. played by Rachel Roberts. And a lot of that series, to be fair, was centred around those new kids. Uh, yeah. More yes, so yes. than the teachers. Mm. Did you have any idea that Sean Maguire would have the career <laughs> that, he, that he's had? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I wasn't surprised actually. Uh-huh. Um, Sean was great. I mean, he, um, uh, yeah, he would really get himself out there, and um, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he, even when when you watch those episodes and you see him, and, and he's brilliant, he, he is brilliant, and, and he, he plays that part so well. And again, another thing we see in that series again is another pupil needing comfort is uh, Helen when Helen gets the tattoo uh, Helen Kelly gets a tattoo it was done as a day but again it was Miss Booth was the one looking after her and she was worried about getting you know because it was it was right in the middle of the 80s so obviously things like AIDS the, the concerns over course, AIDS and yeah. HIV were, were rife and yeah. again just for a kids program to be covering that topic yeah, is yeah. unbelievable. Now, as, as I say, Series 11 was more to do with the, the, the new kids, mm. m- more so than anything. And so, so we move on again to Series 12, which the, it was when Danny Kendall and Mr. Bronson's feud sort of reaches 
breaking point. Yeah. And Miss Booth, being the way she was, raised concerns over the treatment of Danny Kendall from Mr. Bronson. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> the viewer can see it. The viewer can see can, can see that he is he is just hounding him. Mrs. McCluskey, on the other hand, uh, <laughs> couldn't see it. And then uh, Miss Booth wanting them wanting them to get involved with the designer mosaic competition, which he does. Yeah. But there was another thing just before we go back to Danny Kendall. There was another thing Miss Booth did. She offered self defense classes, which to me it just seems strange when she'd always tried to get away from all the physical activity. <laughs> <laughs> Every time any kind of physical activity was offered for, for the staff, she always tried to get away from it. Um, yes. I know there was other things she did later on, but it just seemed a bit, a bit strange. What, yeah, <laughs> what, was, what was the series when we were all doing, um, was it, I, I don't know, we were in a stadium and all running and all... In, yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, series nine. That was the end was of it? the end of the Just Say No series, and you were dressed oh, really? as a you were dressed as a Native American. Yes, um, I was, that. Oh, was that your choice? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I can't imagine it would have been. <laughs> so, oh dear, no, no. Right, okay. I do remember that? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll move back then to series twelve because obviously Danny went missing, and then he was found in Mr. Bronson's car and we again we saw we saw another side then to um, Miss Booth because obviously she was devastated when Danny died and she outright blamed Mr Bronson for, for that. When you're given scenes like that what what's it like? Um well you get because you get so involved with the with the story and uh-huh. um, um you just immerse yourself in it. Yeah really and um i mean it, it's what we do as actors yeah. isn't it? that um it becomes all consuming it's um you care about it and uh you just work hard to make mm-hmm. it for it to feel as real as possible for it to come across as real yeah. as possible I asked that question because when Danny's memorial scene was filmed, mm. I, I know that a lot of the people in that scene had the giggles that day. Um, oh, yeah, and I, I wasn't I, was, I wasn't sure if you were aware of it. And it was all George Wilson's fault. Oh, um, <laughs> yes, it would have been. That rings true. Uh, he that said he true. said he said that in the in the rehearsal when Danny's mum was introduced, he just said, Okay, Mrs. K. But he said it in a daft way, and in the rehearsal, everyone was laughing. He said, "So when it came to the scene, everyone was just remembering it." And when the camera pans across everyone, you can see people like trying to like they're either looking down at the floor or they're looking away from the camera, do anything oh, they really? can just to make sure that the the smirks aren't <laughs> on the camera. I don't remember <laughs> that at all. Yeah, you you must have been too professional an actor to have been involved in. Um, yeah, well, you you've mentioned you mentioned earlier on about going to the Isle of Wight because that was in that series as well. And <laughs> where poor uh, Trevor Cleaver got drunk. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> and, and had to be rescued. And I know Miss Booth had to chastise yeah. some of the kids for uh, for for hiding the fact that he was drunk before he got washed away. Out to sea. It was great fun. It was great. Yeah. And in that series, we saw a prom, which at the time, a prom wasn't a type of thing that 
we had over here, it was, uh, yes. we, we had we had Levis discos. Um, That's right, yes. Grange Hill being ahead of its time there. Yeah, everybody has proms now. Yeah. That's American, so yeah, I've forgotten that. Mm. But it was, again, like as you've just said there, you know, it's American. That was very much the attitude in the programme, wasn't it? It was very, yeah, very yeah. much that attitude. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, it's still my attitude towards it now. <laughs> yes, absolutely, yeah. It, well, yeah. Oh, it does seem crazy, doesn't it? All that money people spend but, on... But what I will say is Miss Booth didn't buy into any of it and she just went in her normal clothes. Quite right. Yeah, and like... I, I, fully agree, I, I fully agree with you. <laughs> so then we move on to series 13 and Miss Booth's appearance changed quite dramatically in this one. Hairstyles changed mm. and the way she dressed changed. And this is where we had Mr. Bronson had left and yeah. Mr. Hargreaves had come in, played by Kevin O'Shea, who completely different kind of character to Mr. Bronson, but still... I think he's brilliant. When you watch it back now, I just think because yeah, he's so daft, but he's just—I just thought he was brilliant, Kevin O'Shea, in that role. You know the way he went round trying to like—he was properly—he hounded Miss Booth over the photocopier and making illicit copies of things. But oh, yes. Miss Booth standing there ground the way she was with authority figures, st- loved winding him up <laughs> and standing ground with him, and she drew a caricature of. Mr. Hargreaves, which one of the kids nicked and then printed onto t shirts. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, God, yes. I've forgotten all about that. Oh, wow. And oh, there was yeah. rumors that she was rumors that she was going to be sacked. Uh, yeah. But she was reassured by Mrs. McCluskey that, you know, she was wanted at the school and stuff like that. And her mother was staying with her, but she kicked her mother out <laughs> when. When her mother had said to her that she was mutton dressed as lamb, with it, when she changed her appearance, she'd had quite a crisis of confidence over the way she looked. Justine Dean, when Miss Booth had comforted her over over something that had been getting spread around the school about her sleeping with her boyfriend, Justine Dean thanked Miss Booth by saying, "Someone's got to tell you, Miss, but that hairstyle really doesn't suit you." Um, <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. I do remember that. They were always messing around with my clothes, <laughs> and uh, I never had any say in right. the way at all, none whatsoever. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was always sort of like, well, she's an art teacher. We yeah. To be and, um, yeah, I think most of the art teachers I know just look the same as anybody else. <laughs> yeah. But that, and then that was the thing, you know, she was having a bit of a crisis of confidence. Then uh, Mr. McKenzie, again, one of everyone's favourite teachers, um, said she was a very attractive woman and kissed her on the cheek as Robbie Wright walks in. And then it was, they, they both said, we're, we're going to be a rumour by the end of the day. And Mr. McKenzie was like, at my age, I'm, I'm quite happy with, <laughs> with, with to be a rumour. <laughs> and with a, a crisis of confidence, I don't know how much of a midlife crisis it was for Miss Booth, but she then decided that she was going to run a marathon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that so was that, was, that was towards the end of Series 13. Yeah. Um, and as we move on to Series 14, we find out that Miss Booth has got married. Yes. To Mr. Farrington, played by Dave Hill, who I only found out yeah. this morning that Dave Hill... Oh, really? Your husband. Oh, yeah, yeah. Only yeah, because. Yeah. I mean, I think Dave Hill's great, man. I've seen yeah, him in, I've seen him in loads of things, and I think he's tremendous. 
Um, yes, good actor, very good actor. And it, in that storyline, Mr. Hargreaves just assumes that Miss Booth is going to be called Mrs. Farrington, but Miss Booth mm-hmm. being Miss Booth is like, no, I'm <laughs> staying, I'm staying, Miss Booth. And the marathon training, they show a bit of the marathon training, and we see, we see Miss Booth improving that, but her husband <laughs> didn't and kept wanting to give up. Was that anything to do, was, was that your say in any of that? <laughs> I, I really can't remember. Uh, I, would, I mean, I was very fit in those days. Um, I'd be trying to run a marathon now. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, because I remember, I mean, nothing to do, well, outside of the series, we did a bikeathon. The kids and uh, and the adults around Hyde Park, uh-huh. a fundraising thing. Um, I've forgotten all about that. Oh, that's that is quite a long time ago now. Actually, I think that was probably fairly early on in the series that right. was in it. But um, but yeah, I don't know that I could have run a marathon. <laughs> then, but um, uh, but I wouldn't have been bad. Yeah. All right. It's okay. Right now. Okay. And we also found out that Miss Booth had been trying to have a baby, but with no no success. And tied into that was then Chrissy Mannering and her storyline about when she did become pregnant. And again, she I mentioned it earlier on. She went looking for Miss Booth to confide in. Oh yes, on that one. And you know, she she told her that she was pregnant. Then she told her it was a false alarm, and then she eventually says that it, it was and then it was Miss Booth Miss McCluskey said right well you need to tell your mum so they get the mum in and, and all that and that was really sort of your last involvement in a big storyline um, yeah, because yeah. You, you run the marathon but Miss McCluskey brings donuts for the staff that were watching so they were all getting the donuts when you ran past and they didn't see you at that bit oh, yeah. and then Miss McCluskey's last episode was your last episode was it already decided earlier on that you were going to go or because there was no sort of mention that you were leaving I yes I know um I think uh I mean for myself I think at the time my life uh, my private life changed quite a lot right and um it was time for me to leave uh-huh. um regretfully and I was quite sad at leaving very sad at leaving um yeah. I have to say um but um I mean, basically, I think probably, I don't know how, how much common knowledge it is, but uh, during that last series, um, the uh, break in recordings and whatever, I actually adopted a baby from Romania. All right. Um, so that's when I mean, it was quite a drastic change in my uh-huh. life. I really needed to be a mum. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that was quite a big thing. So uh, I think, um, uh, I can't remember now, um, name's Liam. Um, I think it was... Uh, just about two or three months before the end of the series that I adopted him. Right. Uh, um, it it really wasn't right for me to carry on uh-huh. because it was so really quite... I mean, that's a huge... That's an amazing thing to do, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> an amazing thing to do. And, yeah. and then to put him first as well, obviously, is, yeah. is yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. So that was 1991 when you left. Um, but we didn't have to wait too long to see it on screen again because in 1991, Blair, <laughs> Blair released There's No Other Way. And yeah. You, and you were in the video. Oh, yes. 
I was. I was. Oh, so how did that come about? Honestly, cannot remember. Right. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I, I, I suppose probably because of Grange Hill at that time. I mean, we all had quite a high profile. Uh-huh. And as you say, it was Blur's very first um, pop video. Yeah. And I suppose they wanted a face um, that somebody would recognise. And I, I played it quite recently. And uh, I, I mean, I only had a very hazy memory of it. Uh-huh. But... I'm sort of shocked to see just how much of, of me there is in it. You're in it loads, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bringing the cake and stuff. And I think I remember it was a very, very long day we worked. Uh, and I think I got 100 quid. Right. <laughs> and I thought, is that all? So, all that overtime, it was uh, a very long day. And it was really very badly paid. What were they like? They were lovely. They were really lovely. Yeah, I mean, they, they, to be fair, they always come across... Like they are decent lads, like um, they are. Yeah, yeah no, because really very genuine. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember seeing it. I don't know because obviously didn't have MTV or whatever at the time. But I just remember seeing it and just like, this Miss Booth. And so, so after Grange Hill, I was again looking through your CV. But again, I don't know how true it is for, for the list I've got. But there seems to be quite a bit that you were in, like British television. Wow. I did the first series of Holby City, uh-huh. um, and that was um, because when that started, the idea was that uh, the um, each uh, storyline would start in um, Casualty, right. and the patient would get moved into um, the hospital, and, and that was where Holby City was. And the um, first episode was um, my daughter. Um, had been um, uh, knocked over in a a demonstration and hit her head on the pavement and um, got concussion or, well, no, more than that, but brain damage, head injuries. And and then she was moved into Holby City and that's when we arrived. So the storyline went through uh, the whole of the first series. um, uh, I mean, it was great. I got paid a lot of money for it. (laughs) But they hadn't actually written when we started and they did the contracts, they hadn't actually written the whole script. Ah, right. Overall, I was in I was in three episodes, and um uh the last episode was really just us in the room, and because uh-huh. miraculously she survives, the daughter the child survives. Um, but uh but yeah, that was quite a nice thing. Yeah. So, so what so what other things have you been in then? Uh, Television-wise, yeah. um, oh, I suppose the usual um, doctors. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I did an episode of um, Coronation Street. Uh, <laughs> Only because I don't want to read things off my list because I have a feeling they're all going to be wrong. So oh, I, have a go. Have so a go. The that... Bill. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did an episode of the Bill. Chuckle Vision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fun. That was great fun. What, what were that they was... like? Oh, they always appeared that they were genuinely like they were like the characters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, are. they were, they were. But uh, yeah, we um, we were we filmed in um, a big manor house somewhere. I can't remember now where it was, um, North of England somewhere. And uh, yeah, it was all a, a spoof murder mystery, right. and it was 
because I played all these different characters and it was different wigs and stuff. It was a hoot. It was great fun. Uh, peak practice? Ah, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Um, I remember a great deal about that. I don't think it was very sort of significant in my life. Emmerdale? Yes, yes, I've done um, a few episodes of Emmerdale. Um, not a not the same character. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of them, I was a head teacher. Oh, right. <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to remember now. Um, I think I did, I've done three. I can't remember what was. One, I was selling wedding dresses. Um, I can't remember what the other one was. So that's like quite, you know, high profile British television programmes you've been on there. Um, I, I'm including Chuckle Vision in high profile as well, by the way. So, as well as TV, were you? Did you continue to act on stage then? Oh, I did a lot more on stage than right. I did a lot, lot more. And um, oh, uh, I suppose um, just I think uh, for quite a few years I worked with a particular company based in Lincolnshire, uh-huh. and um, we toured um, a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, oh dear, I'm trying to think of some of the plays. A uh, woman in white. I did Candida. Uh, I did a play with Colin Baker, who All was right. one of the Doctor Who's. Yeah. Um. Uh. And um, uh, Christmas Carol. Oh, I don't know. I did a lot of things with them, um, which was great. So, but by then my son was sort of a bit that that older. So. Um, yeah. That was fine for me. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, And so, uh, do you still act now? I do. I do. Um, I I was involved with a play reading recently for um, um, quite an important person. Um, (laughs) Okay. Well, it was it's his first play, and um, I don't know what's going to happen to it, but um, he is sort of um, quite high up in the business, so I suspect it will happen. Um, so I hope it will, and I hope I'm involved if, I, if that happens. Fingers crossed. Yeah, doing a play, well, sort of musical at the moment um, in Oxford. It's a it's work in progress, mm-hmm. um, so it's really just sort of trying it out to see how it works. Uh, I'm not singing. Um, <laughs> But it's based on a true story. It's American. Right. Uh, I am. And I always ask this question. Uh, did you keep in touch with any of the Grange Hill cast? Uh, I am sort of still uh, with Gwyneth. Um, right. We still exchange Christmas cards. Um, uh, we did last year, yeah. Uh, but it's sort of really just that, really, now. Right. Um uh, but no, sadly. Um, I suppose the years go by. <laughs> it happens, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we are nearly at the end, Karen. So I've just got a few questions, and it's the way I always end the podcast. And the questions are all related to Grange Hill. Okay. Right. So earlier this year, there were in the news there was talk of a Grange Hill movie being made. So what, what are your thoughts on, on, a, on a movie of Grange Hill being made? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard this at all. Right. This okay. is totally new to me. Um, I honestly don't know. I mean, 
schools are so different. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the great thing about Grange Hill, the time I was in it, it was issue based. Yeah. All the storylines were about issues that really concern kids. Uh, and if they were to do a movie, why not? Why not? I think it would have an inbuilt audience. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, why not? And if you were asked, would we see a return of Miss Booth? I would be delighted. <laughs> I would be asked now, but I'm a bit elderly for that. But, um, uh, but yeah, I'd certainly say yes. Brilliant. Okay. So, thinking back to Grange Hill, your time there, other than Miss Booth, who was your favourite character? Oh, I think that's quite difficult. Um, uh, I actually think Danny, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, because uh, I, he was a rebel, but he was... Um, uh, I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, because he was different. And um, he was a troublemaker, but not because he... Uh, just wanted to be a troublemaker, but because of um, innately who he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'd go for him. But then having said that, oh, God, there's so many. Erkin, uh, Rowley, um, Zamo. I mean, uh, and we did a few years ago, we did actually, we did a memorabilia thing up in um, Birmingham. Oh, yeah, the Comic-Con, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I met up with them, some of them then, and it was amazing just to see them all. But um, uh, it's very hard to say. <laughs> I think many of those characters, those kids, were just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Mm. And if you couldn't have played Miss Booth, which other character would you have liked to have played? Um. Ooh. I think I, I would stick with Miss Booth. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, if that's all right. Um, <laughs> no, I guess I'd, I I like the fact that uh, she she was different, that um, she was the character the kids could come and talk to. And uh, and I think uh, I had some really great scenes with some of the kids. Yeah. I think that. And I wouldn't have missed on that. Okay. And so then my final question. Why do you think there's still such affection for Grange Hill? I think you're the one to answer that. <laughs> um, gosh, I don't. Um, I don't know of any other series that actually tackled what it was like for teenage kids at uh -huh. school um, and all the issues that they have to deal with. I mean, I know there's been um, Biker Grove and um, there has been other series, but I don't know. I I I think um, I think it was very real, yeah, um, and uh, very realistic, and I think kids could really identify with it, and I think kids felt it was for them. Yeah, definitely. And it wasn't sort of grown ups telling them how to how to live or what to be or whatever. Um, I think it was a great series, really. Yeah. Really do for kids. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm very proud to be part of it. Oh well, Karen, thank you so much for coming thank on and uh, sharing your experiences of your time. Thank you. Thank oh. you for reminding me of so many <laughs> things that I had completely forgotten about. I really appreciate it.
Jake, that's wonderful. Oh, no, yeah, you're, you're very, very welcome. You're very, very welcome. So, yeah, so as, as I say, thank you for coming on and uh, giving us your, your, your thoughts and your views on, on Grange Hill. And for anyone that's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Great. Thanks. Bye.